This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Fast Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Stone Reagan. We're back here to recap the action from uh, Week 7, uh, minus the Monday night game, as we're recording this before the Monday night game. Uh, and uh, Dylan, wild weekend, uh, to say the least, I think, is probably the best way to put it. There were some crazy games, um, lots of close games. If you just go up and down the board and look at the scores, uh, man, there were a lot of close games with some crazy finishes. Unfortunately, uh, a few significant injuries, uh, but uh, what, a, what a weekend it was. Yeah, especially there was those three games there. Obviously, the craziest ending for me had to be the Lions-Falcons one with Todd Gurley. I'm sure we'll get to that quickly. Him accidentally scoring what ended up being the game-losing touchdown. But still, yeah, really a lot of drama in the Browns-Bengals game, Steelers-Titans, some weird kind of results and things that weren't surprising. So, uh, yeah, definitely more exciting in the early window, I'd say, than the later window, although Justin Herbert's performance, we'll get to that too, was – Pretty fun, I'm sure, for Charger fans. And obviously, the Sunday night game ended up being a true game of the week. Yes, it did. Uh, but we'll start with the one we picked as the game of the week, which uh, the score, I think, a little deceptive. Um, I mean, I know it wound up being Steelers 27, Titans 24. But um, still, I, I again, that was one of those games where I never really felt like the Steelers were going to lose that game uh, because they got off to a dominant start. Um, and they just were able to, you know, find a way to pretty much do what they wanted uh, with the mm-hmm. Titans. I know the Titans scored 17 and then 24 in the second half, but uh, this was a pretty impressive performance uh, from the Steelers, and specifically I think the Steelers' offense, which we talked about, yeah. you know, we didn't know when Ben Roethlisberger came back what exactly they would look like this season, but, man, here they are at 6-0. and uh, Deontay Johnson looked fantastic here. And this is, um, I, I mean, I look, I picked the Titans. We should have known, right? But uh, <laughs> I, I picked the Titans. I was buying in. But uh, this is still, I think we saw a game between two teams that certainly have a lot of potential in the playoffs. But, man, for the Steelers to play the way, the way they did here is pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely an encouraging sign for the offense because we know what we were getting with the Steelers' defense. The question even going into the year was how good can this offense be? Now it, it was, it's was it been pretty solid, but this, yeah, at least at the start was one of their best performances. I wouldn't say how they performed down the stretch as the Titans fought back. They played that well. Obviously, they, you know, they didn't score from pretty early in the third quarter on, uh, holding that 27-7 lead and slowly, you know, turning the ball over. 
But hey, they they're able to hang on. The defense did just enough. They not a lot of games are going to have lose a turnover battle three to zero and win. Uh, and, and as Pittsburgh did, it was kind of interesting in that way. They dominated on third down though on offense, which is really encouraging to see inside. So because they kept getting into such good situations throughout the game. And for the Titans, I mean, I wouldn't take this as too discouraging of a loss against a really quality opponent. You'd be happy with how they fought back. But again, the question still consistently for me, you know, as good as their offense really has been and continue, and I believe will continue to be, is their defense. And I know the Steelers' offense probably a little bit better than some of the early game, uh, early season performances, but uh, I just still worry for Tennessee. You know, they again, every game they've played basically this whole season, it might be all of them are one-score games. You're bound to eventually lose one. And I just, I'm just worried about, again, some of these better offenses, uh, like the Chiefs, the, the Ravens of the world, uh, what we're going to see from that side of the ball. Because, yeah, an offense, at least for the Titans, even though they, you know, they score 24 points, could I, if they make that field goal, we're going to overtime. I think that's a pretty good result against a really, really good Pittsburgh defense. I think, if anything, you're encouraged by how Tennessee fought back on offense in the second half. Well, they're not going to have to worry about a high-powered offense from this team because uh, they have disappointed me to no end here as the Buffalo Bills are officially responsible for ending my six-week streak and our betting locks. Uh, I went as far as to pick the Bills on the road against the Jets. They're 13-point favorites. I felt really not that confident about it uh, as I was before the game even started. I said, "Can can I go back and edit this file to put the Chiefs in here? Because I was like, why in the world did I not pick the Chiefs to beat the Broncos by double digits? Uh, but turns out I picked the Bills. The Bills went 18 to 10. Just an ugly game. Um, I don't know. This again. What what do we what do we learn from this other than the fact that the Bills just got off to a sloppy start? Uh, they wind up winning, but you know if this was the Chiefs or the Ravens or the Steelers or whoever, Bills would have probably got beat by two touchdowns here. But uh, somehow, I guess Sam Darnold's resurgence, uh, although he threw two interceptions and got sacked six times. The Jets are 0-7, but, uh, again, we know that's not the story here. It's the fact the Bills could not cover this 13-point spread. Yeah, I mean, they, they outgained the Jets by more than double the many, as many yards, 422 to 190. But, obviously, just the penalties were one thing that sticks out for Buffalo. They kept getting pushed back and having the – obviously, they're making these field goals, but they just couldn't punch it in the end zone. Uh, couldn't convert a lot of third downs as they drove down the field either. So, those are things they're going to have to work on because, like you said, if they played – you know, a lot of teams in the NFL, they're, I don't know, even some teams are much worse than the ones yeah. you named. Uh, Buffalo probably loses with that effort on Sunday. So they don't, they're able to win. Lucky for them, the, this bad performance comes against the Jets. Uh, but, yeah, you can't settle for that many field goals. You can't have that many penalties in key spots and just continually have to kick. And the fact it's, it's hilarious, though, they miss obviously just the one field goal. Actually, two. Uh, they still, if they just make all their field goals, they would have covered for you by a half point, I believe, uh. or by a full point. Uh, so that's it. <laughs> well, Despite how badly they played, they still could have kicked eight field goals in one you uh, one year bet there. Well, my formula moving forward is not to go against the Jets. Like I, I'm staying on that train. It's just I'm I'm no longer trusting the Bills, so I will not be picking the Bills in any betting lock scenarios the rest of the year. I don't care who they're playing because they've already played the worst team in the NFL and proven that they can't cover by two touchdowns. Come on, get it together. Uh, you didn't have a problem with yours because the Bucks. Uh, destroyed the Raiders here. Uh, this was a game that, man, it really, uh, Ron Burgundy's line, it escalated pretty quickly um, mm-hmm. as the Bucks went 45-20. to They scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and 
Tom Brady, uh, one of the fantasy darlings on the day, and uh, Leonard Fournette, who I decided to cut in one of my leagues uh, because I was just tired of waiting around to see what they were going to do with him. Yep. Uh, all of a sudden, he's got a bigger role, so that's good to know if someone else picked him up in the family <laughs> league, but uh, that's all right. I've, I've got Le'Veon Bell, who seems to be doing okay with the Chiefs. He's, he's off to a good start there. But uh, this was, I mean, what do you say? The, the Bucks. we know when they get rolling on offense, they could be really good, and, uh, man, they, they were really good here in this game. I'm going to be curious to see what they do also with AB coming aboard uh, starting practice. I completely forgot about that. Like, yeah, that's just, wow, yeah. It's going to be interesting, but, you know, this game show, they, if anything, it's just going to be an embarrassment of yeah. uh, weapons for Tom because it, clearly they didn't even look like they needed him. This game, Mike Evans gets two targets, and they still dominate on offense. That shows you how much Gronk, uh, compared to early in the year, I really was really worried about him. He definitely didn't look like his old self. He still obviously is not the dominant tight end who – arguably the best tight end of all time, but he looks much more comfortable with everything happening. He looks a lot better once he got some reps in there, so that's got to be encouraging. Obviously, Scotty Miller has a big game alongside Godwin, too, with the two guys at the leading target share, but overall, yeah, like you said with Fournette as well, they just have so many weapons on offense, and it felt, and that's why I made it my lock of the week with that three-point spread. I just felt like they're starting to click so well on offense and on the flip side, their defense was ranking number one in DVOA. Once they update those uh, football outsiders, I, I imagine they'll stay number one because, uh, you know, the Raiders did put up some points and got things going early. But then, yeah, that second half, it got <laughs> to a point where they started, you know, just getting uh, pressure on Derek at will. And, uh, yeah, man, it's Tampa Bay's rolling. They're looking, you know, for all the early season uh, hype and all the worry that maybe they wouldn't be able to live up quite to that. Uh, so far, I mean, through – after this game especially, Tampa Bay looks really, really good, man. If only I would have picked them uh, to make the Super Bowl. I did pick them to make the NFC Championship game, but instead I went with the Dallas Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. And uh, what do you know, both of us nailed our upsets of the week, and it starts with the Cowboys as we both picked Washington. Cowboys were three-point favorites heading into this one. It wasn't even close. 25-3, to Washington wins this game. The Cowboys are now 2-5. and I don't even know what's what's the uh, NFC East look like now. We've got uh, hold on, let me pull it up. Okay, so the Eagles are in first place still with two. Okay, by a half game. So by a half game, they have two <laughs> wins uh, through what six, seven weeks. So yeah, that's boy, that's something, isn't it? Uh, this was all Washington from start to finish. This game was never close. It was never in doubt. Of course, uh, the situation with Andy Dalton was not good, um, as you know he's now dealing with concussion and all of this, mm-hmm. and that's obviously just another huge blow for the Cowboys. Uh, not to say that you know Dalton was having a great game by any means, but still, yeah, they're I don't know what you say. I mean, even, you know that was our excuse, right? Was that the Cowboys may still be okay because they play in this division? Well. I don't mm-hmm. know now because they just lost to what we thought was going to probably be the second worst team in this division or possibly the worst team in this division by three touchdowns. So I don't know what you say about the Cowboys right now. Yeah, and I mean part of the reason I picked Washington and I think we both picked Washington is out of all these units, their defense is easily the, was the best one coming to this game now that Dallas doesn't have Dak. Um, and clearly, yeah, I mean, they just completely dominated up front. It was, I mean, we, we kind of talked about this. We wonder, you hear the quotes coming out about uh, questioning McCarthy, uh, his preparedness for games and that kind of thing. And it was like, man, I don't know if these guys are really bought in. And they were really just up front in the trenches did not look like a team that was like emotionally ready to play football. Yeah. It, it was pretty bad. It, I mean, not that 
again, you're going to have a hard time against that front seven for Washington, which is really, you know, one of the bright spots that Washington fans can be happy with moving forward. But on the flip side, too, Dallas' defense has really struggled. But I don't know if we've seen them exactly get just thrown around in the run game. Like they were, like Washington didn't have to worry about passing the ball so much. They didn't really have to let Kyle Allen do way too much because they were running the ball so efficiently throughout the game. A huge game for Antonio Gibson. Uh, McKissick's carries looked fine. I mean, it just overall – that was the story on both sides for me. It was just you had one team that looks like they're on the right path, at least in terms of their approach to the game and how competitive they're trying to be on the field. And another team that right now, you know, obviously you're going to be discouraged without Dak. We, I don't know what we're going to expect without Dak anyway, but I don't know if that's the biggest problem. I think it's just more so are these guys really bought in? And at this point, yeah, um, I mean, even <laughs> it's, it's like you said, it's, it's pretty crazy that uh, we have this division this way of things just turned out a little bit differently on Thursday night. We'd have three, a three-way tie with Washington, mm. Dallas, and the Giants at two and five. It's, it's pretty brutal, man. I really don't know, you know, moving forward as we make these picks, how I'm going to go in terms of who I think can win this division. I just know that whenever we get to that first-round playoff matchup, I'm probably going to pick the five seed to beat them. Like, I honestly completely forgot that the Eagles played this week. Like, I was just thinking about this. I was like, oh, my God, we still have to talk about this Eagles-Giants game because it was like that compared to everything we saw on Sunday – it's easy to understand why it's probably pretty forgettable. So, uh, man, I, I don't know. Like, that's th- this division has come to that point to where I'm just like, I don't know. I just want no part of it. Um, another team that's struggling right now is the Patriots, and this was our other uh, upset of the week. We had two because we both picked the same one. Uh, the Patriots were two-point favorites heading into this game against the 49ers. Well, this one wasn't close either. Niners win it 33-6. to uh, Again, another game featuring just complete domination uh, from the winning team. And the Patriots now drop to 2-4. and four. The 49ers are 4-3. and three. Uh, Big bounce back here for the Niners. I mean, we, we knew where this team was mm-hmm. several weeks ago. And, man, they've, uh, they've seemed to really turn a corner here. Yeah, they, it was really encouraging what they did against the Rams the week before. And it makes me, as a Rams fan, a little less discouraged by them losing that game. Like, the 49ers are definitely... For all the injuries they've had, they still have so much talent. They still have a ton of depth. We knew they were better than their start. And sure enough, they come up here and just smack New England in the mouth. I didn't, you know, I thought just given what we saw from their defense a week ago, what we uh, kind of saw the struggles of the Patriots offense against Denver, that's kind of why I picked San Francisco here. But I did not anticipate a 27-point uh, win in New England. Really, really disappointed what we've seen the last couple of weeks now with Cam back in the offense for New England. Obviously gets benched as a fantasy owner for Cam in our clutch points league. That's going to mm. really put me in a yeah. tough spot there. But uh, yeah, man, I'll just, it, I mean, San Francisco's defense, again, has so much depth and talent, but I, <laughs> I just wonder now for, uh, you know, for New England moving forward, they're two and four. And, uh, you know, as much as I still believe in Belichick, I'm wondering at the whole thing with Tom Brady and how they believe they could still win without him. I still think they can be a good team and still have a chance to get in the playoffs. But given how things are going in Tampa with all those weapons, given how things are going in New England, it's hard not to think about right now how Tom's looking a little bit better than Bill with the, the breakup in New England. My long shot pick of the Dolphins winning this division. Still on track here. Only, uh, what is it, a game and a half behind the, the Bills right now? they got a chance. Mm-hmm. they got a chance. We'll see. Uh, what happens but yeah not not good week uh, for the cowboys or the patriots but before we talk about uh more of the action let's tell you about indeed because uh, even though sports didn't have sports had a break your business did not you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever and guess what indeed is here to help indeed.com the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you the best people fast unlike other sites indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring 
You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, just like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed, offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's their best offer available anywhere, so go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, well, I, again, forgot about that Eagles-Giants game, or maybe that was just selective uh, forgetfulness on my part. Uh, the Eagles beat the Giants. Uh, we're not going to spend much time on that because it was a Thursday night game. We're also not going to spend much time on it because it's the NFC East. Uh, the Eagles won 22-21. I mean, I don't know, Dylan. This, what, what do we take away from this mess of a of a game, this mess of a division? We've already talked about it, but I guess the, the biggest positive is that I mean, at least Carson Wentz looked okay here. Um, I guess Daniel Jones, uh, we remember the big moment that he had that was uh, not so great. That's probably, honestly, like, it's almost one of those things, which you, you saw everything on Twitter, but it's like one of those things that perfectly sums up this division this year uh, was that Daniel Jones uh, sprint and fall. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel any better about either one of these teams after this game. No, I yeah, the takeaway is that we all lose with the fact they have so many primetime games still left in the NFC East that or standalone afternoon kind of games on national TV. There's just too many NFC East games that we're going to have to be watching large portions of. They all belong in the open, the early window every week when there's eight or nine games on so we can kind of ignore them. That's my biggest takeaway. But, no, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's like I still tend to feel like Philadelphia at this point maybe has the best shot just – you know, but even Dallas still, I'm like, maybe they could recover. I have no idea, man. This this game was, I mean, like Philly wins, but I don't feel, I know, like you're saying, wins look good at certain moments, but I just, in the Giants defense, sure, it has improved, and it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be coming in the season. It's been more in the middle of the pack kind of defense. So maybe you could, <laughs> if you're an Eagles fan, feel good about it. I mean, any time you can win a division, I'm sure you'll feel good for any of these teams. But my, my takeaway is I'd rather just not watch as many of the NFC East games as possible, unfortunately, mm-hmm. based on, you know, because, you know, traditionally these are really fun games. And I'm not one that usually complains too much about the Cowboys being on TV a lot or the Eagles or these type of games. But yeah, it's just the quality of the football right now. It's so bad. Mark it down. I'm picking Washington. They're my, they're my new pick for the NFC there you East. Go. I'm going to pick them, and I'll, I'll change my mind probably at least eight times before we get to the end of the season. But right now, I'll pick Washington. They're only two and five. So uh, there you go. Uh, all right, let's move to some more exciting games because really the rest of the games throughout the day, for the most part, were pretty thrilling. Uh, this one was for sure, and we kind of called that saying uh, you think back to the Thursday night game they had. Browns-Bengals uh, was pretty insane, uh, as we know, with uh, that one, with the Browns getting the win. But 34 total points scored in the fourth quarter in this one. Uh, this was uh, Big 12-esque for sure. Uh, as uh, the Browns rally, you get the uh, the late score there. Baker Mayfield, terrible start, but what did he finish with? I don't know how many it was in a row uh, there at the end. Uh, Joe Burrow had a huge game. Everyone had a huge game here, seemingly, unless you're, you're playing the defenses because uh, this was an offensive showcase. But, of course, Dylan, the biggest takeaway from this is not that the Browns are 5-2 and two and feeling pretty good about their playoff chances, but it's the fact that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. now out for the season with torn ACL. 
Yeah, that part, pretty brutal. There, I, I don't really have to look deeper into this game. I saw some takes saying that Baker looked more comfortable, and we'll see how he looks without Odell on the field. Oh, I don't think – I know. I, I was like – I read that. I was like, what? Like, it's like I'll have to – tell me after the season if when the when Baker wins, you know, comeback player of the year or something. Yeah. Like, I, I need to see a lot more than just this one game to, to get on that train. But, I mean, what he did was impressive. But, again, Cincinnati's defense is the one – uh, one of the defenses, the Bakers look fantastic against twice now. Their secondary is still coming along. Still a lot of work to be done in Cincinnati on that side of the ball and still on their offensive line, really, in my opinion. But they, the fact that Cincinnati put up 34 points against the Browns with, uh, you know, in my mind, should have been one of the biggest mismatches was some of the, the Browns front uh, on defense against the Bengals offensive line. And, yeah, Joe Burrow just continues to get it done. I couldn't be more encouraged by him. Uh, now he's five and two against the spread. The only thinks of that missed extra point there at the end of the game. But nonetheless, Joe Burrow, you know, the great ones cover. So <laughs> he's got that going for him. He still looks like, uh, you know, a fantastic franchise quarterback in the future for Baker. I just, it's it's the same thing that is the issue with the Browns this season at five and two. They're five and two, but their wins outside of the Colts win are against all losing teams, some pretty bad defenses. And their two losses are blowouts to the two of the better teams in the AFC. So they're probably, you know, they're on that path with that schedule as we've talked about where Baker's going to probably still be able to put up uh, points without Odell. Still think they have enough talent on offense to get the job done. I just worry once they get into the postseason, if they do, uh, if, if you know, this team just, I don't know how they're going to be as battle tested with that schedule as well, but. Um, I, I just so far, I as much as I want to be encouraged, it's like, yeah, 22 for 23 after starting over five is incredible. And I think you had a perfect passer rating uh, on, on those 23 passes if you just separated it out to that. Um, but, man, I just – I'm still in the back of my head. I'm like, I can't get over the fact that we haven't seen him and this Browns offense do it against a really good defense. Let me ask you this. The Bengals are 1-5. and five. Would they be the best team in the NFC East right now? I, I think without question. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the defense isn't great still, as we're talking about, but I think if they – Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with Joe Bur- – yeah, that, with that offense, that's the best unit right now in that yeah. division for sure. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing – just curious. But uh, I'm sticking yeah. with my Washington pick. I don't think we're going to switch the Bengals midseason. But, uh, yeah, I just – man. All right. All right. I'm, all right. No more NFC East jabs the rest of this podcast. That's my rule. <laughs> just less, the, less we can talk about them. Well, <laughs> and luckily we get to jab at another team, and that's the Falcons. So uh, that takes away some of the need to do it with the NFC East because uh, the Falcons – I don't even know what number this is. I feel like we should keep a running tally at this point on how the Falcons, how many games the Falcons have lost just based on pure, just insanity. Uh, but here's another one added to the list. Lions win 33 or 23 to 22. Falcons were in complete control to win this game, Dylan. And then it just, you add again, you just add another moment to the list here for them. Yeah. They found, you know, I don't I try not to make fun of the Falcons too much. I do think they're, more talented than a one in six record, but the, just the number of ways they find ways to lose games. Oof. This is a new one. This, ha- I, you know, it made me think immediately when when he went in of the Ahmad Bradshaw touchdown in Super Bowl Forty Six, where he tried not to score against the Patriots, accidentally yeah. like fell backwards in. That didn't end up costing the Giants a Super Bowl, but this did cost the Falcons mm-hmm. the game. You'd hope their defense could get that stop at the end. We know the Lions' offense is still, uh, you know, better than they look for large stretches of this game. Kenny Galladay made some just fantastic catches overall throughout this one. And, yeah, on that last drive, it's it still, though, you had that dread. If you're a Falcons yeah. fan, I feel like we're like, uh-oh, this is not going to end well. Then you think maybe it will after that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. You have to pick a 48-yard extra point mm. <laughs> to win the game. But, God. yeah, I mean, it's just two teams that 
uh, both have played really close games against subpar teams, including each other. And I, uh, I don't know. It's just more misery for the Falcons, and at least for the Lions, you're sitting at three and three, feeling like you should be four and two after the Week One loss. And I don't know. Maybe you're a little more encouraged there. But I, for both teams, I don't have <laughs> a ton of confidence moving forward. No, I don't either. I think the yeah, these are both teams that are just going to have some weird games. Uh, I think we know at this point, given their history, for sure. It's almost like the Falcons have taken that away from the Lions at this point in terms of teams and just find ways to lose over the years. Uh, I think the Falcons are kind of that new team, uh, maybe you know dethroning the Lions in that category. Saints, Panthers, Saints uh, 27, Panthers 24. Uh, pretty good game here, I'd say, based on, uh, and I think with the Panthers, you know, as we've said, I mean, they're, I think they're better than the, when we thought they'd be, and we've certainly mm-hmm. seen a lot more creativity with them on offense. DJ Moore, uh, four receptions, two touchdowns. That's a pretty good stat line. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, the Saints still playing without Michael Thomas, but uh, didn't really, you know, they didn't need him here, but. Man, if you're a Michael Thomas fantasy owner like myself, uh, what a mess it's been uh, with everything going on, all the speculation of trades and everything. But uh, this was another win for the Saints and uh, a nice win, as we said, against the Panthers team that is obviously improving. Yeah, the Panthers' offense is really fun to watch, and I am ex- I don't think when when uh, Christian McCaffrey comes back, obviously he's going to only help them, but I don't think they're going to suddenly like turn and like be so focused on having him have to be, you know the whole offense like we've seen in past years. I think we're seeing how versatile they can be and how he's just going to be another huge weapon for them. I still think his usage is going to be really high when he's back, but I, they definitely missed him on this one because they did not run the ball well. But Teddy looks great. They've had a fantastic his, uh, old team that you know rejuvenated his career last year. So, it was yeah, this was, you know, for the, the Panthers, I feel like just overall you have to – it's it's a much different situation than Cincinnati where you have Burrow and everything, but I just feel like you have to be so encouraged with uh, everything that's happening for a team that's three and four, how they've looked, how they've competed. The defense, we know it still has a lot of improving to do, and that made a big difference in this one. But in the second half, they really battled. They only gave up six points to the Saints. They did they did enough on that side. Both defenses kind of tightened up after the first half, which was looked like we we're going to have a game in the 40s or something crazy with the final score. Um, so I'll be really excited to see these teams face again this year. And overall, the Panthers, just such a fun team to watch so far this year. I couldn't uh, be more, you know, I'm not surprised, but we talked about how we, we wanted to see what Matt Rule and Joe Brady, what this offense would look like in the NFL. And we were excited for it, and so far they've lived up to the hype. Yep, there'll be some teams they probably shouldn't the rest of the season. We'll see them, uh, you know, maybe spoil the party for some of these other teams uh, for sure. All right, uh, this is another one. I wonder why I didn't pick this as my block of the week because I was just just didn't make, didn't make any sense. Like, well, why did I not pick this? Packers were three and a half point favorites uh, on the road against the Texans. Packers, Packers went thirty-five to twenty. They're five and one. Texans are one and six. Devontae Adams, my goodness, uh, again as a fantasy owner of him in every league I play in, uh, man, I just where this is what you expect. Like, I mean, he's he's the only option. That's not to knock everyone else, but like he is the guy for Aaron Rodgers. Thirteen receptions, 196 yards, two touchdowns. He had over I think 114 or something at halftime. Um, yeah. There's just there's very few people that can cover this guy. And even in a game where the Packers didn't have Aaron Jones. Uh, this was an impressive offensive performance, and uh, if you're the Texans, um, I don't know. I guess you focus on the trade deadline and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much to say for the Texans other than you and I both kind of before the season, we really had a lot of yeah. concern for them. I don't know if we were 1-6 concerned, but we were yeah. definitely not high on the Texans, and sure enough, 
they just, yeah, they don't look like a complete football team. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. He made some good plays in this game, but it was already, you know, at that point, the Packers were kind of sitting back and outside of the first drive at the end of the, uh, beginning of the second half, the Packers defense was kind of just on autopilot because the game was over that the Texans could not stop the Packers early. And like you said, holy crap, <laughs> man, 16 targets. Like what? Like, uh, yes, the production itself beyond that, but every time it looked like anytime you uh, Rodgers won the find him he could, it was just too easy and uh, good for the Packers to get back on track after that blowout loss to the Bucks. I mean, this wasn't, necessarily the most tough opponent obviously but uh still an encouraging thing to see their defense play as well as it did in the first half overall and for the, the offense to get rolling again yep it was and uh offenses got rolling in this game uh for sure because uh this was easily the best game i thought of the weekend we talked about a lot of close games but boy this was insane uh with the cardinals getting the win against the seahawks 37 to 34 um man what a what a game like and uh, hopefully a lot of people actually watched it uh because it was just i don't know what you say man i mean you look at like the stat lines you look at the performances and like this was really the kind of game we expected from these two teams and you know the seahawks in prime time it's going to be nuts no matter what uh and that's exactly what you got here i mean you got to give the cardinals a lot of credit for finding a way to win this game of course they do it in overtime uh but this felt like that possible turning point for the Cardinals here maybe back towards yeah. that team you know not the one that lost to the Panthers on the road but like maybe this is turning them back towards that team to where we're saying okay maybe they're not NFC you know title contenders this year or anything they may be a playoff team but like you look down in the future a year two years from now like if they can keep the nucleus in place man this this is just one of the most exciting teams to watch in the NFL yeah, that just that was the biggest takeaway. It was definitely just how fun it was to watch both these quarterbacks play, even though Russell Wilson didn't necessarily have his best game, uh, obviously with the three picks and some really, really crucial ones at crucial moments that we just don't usually see from him. Uh, I obviously don't believe he, he'll definitely bounce back from that. He overall still played really well. And talk about a guy getting targets, 20 targets for Tyler Lockett for 15 receptions and 200 yards and three touchdowns like oh like just how many fantasy games were just ruined by that (laughs) or you know or saved by that I mean it was incredible to watch them they they've been as we've talked about they just have like down the field I don't remember the rating for Russell Wilson exactly but he has some ridiculous pass rating when he goes on 20 plus yard passes to Tyler Lockett they just have such a perfect connection his deep ball accuracy combined with with Tyler just always being in the right spot with his speed and everything it's really fun to watch them but yeah on the flip side look at Kyler and Hopkins and look at Kyler and all these guys he really spread out the ball pretty well in this one to so many different weapons I thought they did a great job overall, um, even running the ball. Is, you know, we haven't seen Kenyon Drake really step up, but Edmonds had made some really big plays on the ground, so that was encouraging for them. And, yeah, finding a way just to win, that's the thing for the Cardinals. I mean, like, I feel like they had some games last year where they stuck around with really good teams and they just did not finish. They had a lot of one-score losses last year. It was really great to see Kyler just take over in that final drive with the help of Larry Fitzgerald, you know, running running the ball yeah. back to get quick spikes a couple of times. It really was the difference between getting that final field goal up. A really wild overtime and just, yeah, confirmation that these two teams are really good, going to be good for years to come. And just for me, uh, with the Niners bouncing back, with the Cardinals playing like this, um, it's like I hope the Rams can uh, have a good game tonight. But, man, these other teams are just so explosive and, uh, the Niners are much different than these two teams, but Seahawks and Cardinals games are going to be fun for years to come, man. Yeah, the NFC West, uh, boy, it's uh, it's something. 
That's for sure. Uh, well, it's just every game. Like you feel like every game is must watch now at this point where all these teams are at. So uh, that's a good thing for sure. Uh, Chiefs, Broncos, Chiefs 43, Broncos 16. Again, I'm shaking my head because it's like, why in the world did I not pick this? I know the Broncos were coming off of that win against the Patriots, but as we saw, that might have been more of an indictment of where the Patriots are than the Broncos. Um, Chiefs just complete control, uh, even in the snow. This was uh, this was all Chiefs, and uh, you know. You just look at it for the Broncos, as we said. They're kind of one of those teams where they may have some of those games like they did against the Patriots. But Mm -hmm. overall, there's just, I mean, injuries, as we know, have played a big role for them this season with the guys they've lost, uh, Cortland Sutton, Von Miller, and such. But uh, Chiefs, uh, another win here. And another, I guess, high-scoring effort uh, once again. If you're the Broncos and you were told that the Chiefs wouldn't convert a third down the entire (laughs) game, would have less than 300 yards, you'd feel like you'd have a decent chance of winning, yet they get completely blown out, obviously, that's because of all the turnovers Denver had, uh, the kickoff return by Pringle as well. Obviously, one of the turnovers was a pick six. So, I mean, they just put themselves in such a bad spot. The Chiefs defense continues to impress. I mean, it wasn't a tough offense they're facing here, obviously. But that's a couple back to after that Raiders game where they you know, it was they got a little exposed and you started having some concern about the improving Chiefs secondary, the improving Chiefs defense overall. They've really bounced back so well and were the, the story for uh, this game for me a, a bit more than the offense because, I mean, they did put up some points. Uh, Mahomes, despite, you know, uh, despite not – converting any of those third downs and that not to have only having one touchdown pass for him that doesn't look like the craziest stat line it still looked like he was fine it just they didn't need to do all the things they usually do because they were just so explosive points were just coming in, in flash moments and yeah uh, for Denver it's uh you know the defense for them I thought again they, they didn't play that terribly themselves they just got put in some bad spots so that's the one encouraging thing in an offense I don't know man it's 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 a long true lock I will say a long road to go but uh, he he looked pretty pretty bad in this one, man. Yeah, wasn't great uh, at all, and uh, yeah, I don't know Broncos. We'll see. Like we said, up and down probably for them uh, the rest of the season, but uh, we'll see about them uh, in the uh, in the future uh, what it looks like there in Denver. All right, we wrap up with the Jags and the Chargers. Uh, Chargers thirty nine, Jags twenty nine, or thir- Chargers thirty nine, Jags twenty nine. Uh, Justin Herbert. Man, he was good here. Uh, You know, I mean, I know it's against the Jags, but he was good. 27 of 43, 347 yards, three touchdowns. He also rushed for nine nine, rush nine times, 66 yards. Touchdown had that 31 yard uh, run as well. So did a little bit of everything in this one uh, for for Justin Herbert, and uh, this is what you want to see a quarterback do, a young quarterback specifically against a bad team, and uh, that's exactly what he did. So good win for the Chargers. Yeah, they deserve to get a win after all these close losses. First now, I believe, yeah, first win for Justin Herbert. It seems crazy with how well he's played this year. But, I mean, yeah, you do expect it against a team that was going into the week ranked last in uh, pass defense on DVOA. So, <laughs> sure enough, they uh, Herbert lights them up. But I, Herbert has looked really good against a lot of teams. I, yeah, definitely going into the season – I uh, wasn't sure when we were going to see him, wasn't sure how yeah. well he was going to play early on. So, I mean, all indications so far are that he's going to be a really, really good quarterback for a really long time. Um, and the Chargers definitely lucked out getting him. And they still have some other things to work on. Uh, the defense didn't look great at certain moments. But I still think the final score wasn't even, you know, I mean, totally yardage-wise. The Chargers almost outgained by 200 yards. It probably should have been a bigger deficit. But the Jags kind of made some opportunistic plays to stay in. We'll see how the Chargers bounce back. And for Jacksonville, it's just the same thing we've kind of been talking about. It's going to be – it's going to take some time. There's still a lot of work to be done there. Yep, and uh, they're now in the race for the number one pick uh, for sure. So 
We'll see uh, what happens there. Chargers get the win. But uh, that wraps up the action from uh, this week in the NFL. Of course, we are waiting the Rams-Bears game. You'll have already watched it by the time you listen to this podcast. We both picked the Rams, uh, so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yes, it was a quite an eventful week, Dylan, and uh, lots going on in the world of sports right now. As we know, uh, the World Series continues, uh, NBA offseason. I'm sure all that stuff's about to heat mm-hmm. up with free agency and everything. And then, of course, the NFL trade deadline is uh, also right around the corner. So lots of stuff going on over at Clutch Points. Yeah, you can follow the last, hopefully for the Dodgers' sake, one World Series game. If not, you can follow both games six and seven in the Clutch Points app, as well as all of the NFL action. Uh, as Blake mentioned, yeah, with the trade deadline coming up, I'm sure we'll be pumping out a ton of content, not just on all the news, but looking at you know hypothetical trades that could be made, teams that could unload guys, where they, the best landing spots for them. So we'll have that all covered. NBA, we still don't know when free agency is finally going to start, um, but we've been covering that pretty heavily at Clutch Points. So you can find that all in the app as well as at clutchpoints.com and uh, on each section, NBA, NFL, um, for fantasy football content. Search fantasy football in the top bar there, and you can see our waiver wire pickups, which we will have ready tomorrow morning. Yep, check that out there. Uh, lots of uh, – we're in that turning point of the fantasy season where it's it's time to make your move. If you're someone like myself and in one league that uh, started, what was it, one or one and four or something like that, uh, you, you got to start making your move, folks. Now's the time. Uh, find those uh, waiver wire pickups. Uh, get rid of the people who are not, have not done anything that you're just hanging on to and saying, okay, well, it's this guy or that guy. If they haven't done anything through seven weeks – Dylan, my advice is just to throw them out. Get rid of them. Go find someone that's producing. Uh, you got to get wins at this point. You're not. You're not waiting for next season. All right. We got to. We got to make the run for the playoffs here. So, uh, yes, check out all that good stuff uh, at uh, Clutch Points Fantasy Advice. Uh, all of the coverage of everything else going on over there. And then for the podcast, of course, subscribe any podcast app you use. You can find us on that. Uh, and uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at uh, Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you as always for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Past Podcast. Let's tell you about our friends at Bet Online Football back in full swing. You may not be out of game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So all you got to do, head on over to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses, and don't forget, use that promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.